back to Tell Me More. This is episode four, and we're here interviewing Dr. Dennis Wiles. Today, we wrap up Philippians, and we actually get a little more personal with Dr. Wiles about how this has intersected his life and what it brings up for him, and it's a fun conversation, and I'm glad you're joining us. So enjoy. Thanks. We're back in the studio, as promised, for Tell Me More. It's me, Katie Reed Hodges, and I'm with our pastor, Dr. Dennis Wiles. Dr. Wiles, we just finished up your August preaching. Mm-hmm. You're, you're back from sabbatical, mm-hmm. or study leave, excuse me, mm-hmm. and just back and on fire, <laughs> very <laughs> impassioned. I always enjoy the Sunday sermons in August because you are you do study up, and I think you miss the pulpit, and you usually come back with some fervor. And so this was no exception to that, and it yeah, was I'm fun. I'm tired of listening to sermons by then. I'm ready to preach one, yeah. so yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're tired of listening uh-huh. to me preach. Let's get you back in there. No, it's fun, but we like it, and we're— um, we're glad to have you back. But this August, we've been walking through Philippians, mm-hmm. which I think most people listening to this know. But mm-hmm. the goal of this is to just unpack the sermon and maybe take it places that you didn't have time to go mm-hmm. or things that mm-hmm. maybe even you would talk about in a podcast, but it wouldn't necessarily make for a great sermon. Mm-hmm. And so with that, we finished Philippians. I mean, preaching. We we're reading through them still. Mm-hmm. But we're, we finished Philippians right. with chapter 4. You hung out in verses 4 through 9, mm-hmm. which honestly— if we grew up with memory verses, or if you've never memorized a scripture in your life, this could be a really good place to start. <laughs> I would say yes. I mean, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but just to get our bearings, rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. Again, I'll say rejoice. Keeps going. Don't worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then whatever is true, whatever is honorable, mm-hmm. whatever is just, whatever is pure, it, it's just lovely. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and it's very... Um, it's very helpful in mm-hmm. times of need. It's mm-hmm. one of those passages, I think. So mm-hmm. anyway, you you spoke a lot about it. It was, I think, a very um, – you had some personal moments in the sermon too, mm-hmm. just what's going on in y'all's life. Right. But, mm-hmm. okay, I could go a lot of places with this. I, I think there's three big biblical themes that come up in it that we see throughout the Bible. Joy, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. Right. But the idea of worry. Mm-hmm. And then this idea of God's peace, mm-hmm. which I think – we could talk about that or not, but – is so much larger than kind of serenity or the peace that we see in the world. I think it's it's much more about wholeness, and it's just a beautiful biblical image of peace. So where do you want to go? What do you want our people? This is mostly, I mean, our listen, is, the people listening to this are, mo- I would say are most faithful, but they've probably sat through the sermon on right. Sunday and have come back to listen for more. Right. And so where do you want to go with them today? I have questions, but I think right. you've got some directions you might mm-hmm. want to go to, so... Well, just in light of that, you're right. This particular text, I mean, these are these are the passages of Scripture that you see framed and hanging on people's walls. And, yes. uh, and with good reason. <laughs> exactly. You know, other ones sometimes are like taken out of context or they're not, <laughs> right. they're not, they're like beautiful, like Jeremiah 29, 11, right. lovely, but it's saying right. I have a purpose and a future for you. But if you mm-hmm. keep reading, it's like after 75 years of suffering and destruction you know what i mean and that's we don't right. we don't frame that part or even right. paul that says i can do any i can do, do all, all things, things in this, and that's in right this here yeah passage. it just keeps that's going right. yeah a couple of verses later i can do all things because of christ who strengthens right. me right. but you know a few verses back he's like like and i mean yeah. like prison and beatings exactly and shipwrecks right. you know learn how to be content in yeah. all things yeah but this one i think it's very honest mm-hmm. and I it's agree. it's paul from what we talked about a place mm-hmm. of 
imprisonment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and his history. Mm-hmm. And he's saying, like, you really can have God's peace mm-hmm. and you really cannot worry, mm-hmm. which to me mm-hmm. is very countercultural. Mm-hmm. And, and we could talk a lot about that mm-hmm. if this was my podcast. Mm-hmm. If I was telling you more, <laughs> one, it'd be kind of boring, and two, we might go there. But for you— We need to do that one day. Let me just say, Katie. Yeah. Tell me more. It'd be about a four-minute podcast, and you probably wouldn't learn anything. <laughs> uh, I doubt that. No. But for, I think the, yeah, I think the joy, go? first of all, the joy um, is um, I love the fact that Paul just challenges us to just rejoice in the Lord. And, mm. and that's the thing. It's rejoice in the Lord. Okay, say more about that. You know, it's not necessarily rejoice in everything that's happening to you because Mm. everything that happens to us uh, is not necessarily going to produce joy or, um, you know, it's not things that we might connect with joy. Mm -hmm. But it's, to me, joy is connected to my deep trust in God. It's not a it's not a flippant as I said Sunday morning. It's not a flippant denial of reality. That that's mm-hmm. not it at all. If there has ever been a realist, yeah, surely Paul. And but I think we can, if we're not careful, have a reductionist view of it. Like, yes. Uh, you know, speaking of signs on or cross stitch pillows, they could just say choose joy, which mm-hmm. can feel like you're just fl- flipping a switch, right? I'm turning off reality, right? I'm choosing to just yeah. have joy. But right. you're saying it's it's they're more intertwined. Yes. I mean, right. I think it's it's a deep acknowledgement of the presence of God in the face of whatever it is that you're dealing with and that with his presence comes just a, a, a profound sense of, of his joy that, um, that can be connected to our circumstances, I think, but, but it transcends them. Mm-hmm. And, and as I said, Sunday morning, I, I, I like to, to think of the Philippian jailer reading this for the first time yeah. and, <laughs> and being able to say, Hey y'all, I actually saw this. I saw Paul and Silas, you know, in my jail singing hymns. Mm. So he's like in the midst of people <laughs> yeah. reading this right. as it's That's circulating. That's kind of how you know, that yeah. this letter gets sent, you know, Epaphroditus takes it back to Philippi, and they're in a little house church, and the Philippian jailer says, hey, y'all, rejoice in the Lord always. Dude, I've seen that's it. what he did. I'm telling you right now, he's not just writing this. I've seen it. So yeah. I think there's that um, just the reality of of something deep in our walk with God it it's like that um that just that uh you know what's below the surface in your life is is really probably the most important thing about you i would say and you so know? for you below the surface yeah what's going on in your spirit yeah what you're dwelling on that's right kind of your inner thoughts that's i mean is right. that what you mean yeah, by exactly that? it's kind of like uh I think we all have these inner rooms, you know, these, these, um, you're getting kind of mystic private rooms, like the the, the desert monks, you know, can we have some background music or something? Probably. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Perfect. That's not the right one. (laughs) No, I'm thinking like, you know, in seminary I was exposed to like interior castles, like Teresa of Avila, you know, there's this. Yeah. But anyway, continue. Not as mystical as she is. Well, but, but, um, yeah, but, we wouldn't be at First Baptist Harlington. <laughs> but, but I do think you have, we all have this, this inner room and, and I guess you have the, um, the responsibility of, of deciding what that is and even how you decorate it, so to speak. And I guess what I would say is that's that, that's that under the surface part of who we are. And for me, that's where the joy of the Lord is in me. It's, 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 it is connected to some time to what's going on in my life. I and mean, my goodness, you know, I've just had a grandbaby. Yep. Well, I can promise you, I'm filled with joy over little Gideon. You know, we we can't help ourselves. We were over there last night, and um, and so 
uh, I'm I'm the Gideon whisperer already. They couldn't get him calmed down wow. last night, and I just said, "Let let me have this baby." And and that pretends well for you, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, so yes. just know I'm a poppy. So okay, we'll um, take it. But I'm you sitting there holding him, holding him <laughs> last night, thinking to myself, um, "I'm just so full of joy. I'm I'm I've, I've lived long enough to be sitting here holding." you know, another generation of my family. Your son's son, which yes. is significant. And yeah. it's just powerful and it's joyful. It's it's happiness. But counterbalanced, two or three days earlier, I was in Nashville, Tennessee, standing at the casket of my niece, who I love dearly, who I also held one time mm-hmm. 45 years ago mm-hmm. as a little baby. But even there, in the midst of my sadness, there was a joy that I, that I just know is is way beneath the surface in me. And so in, mm. is, it, is it Nehemiah that says the joy of the Lord is our strength? I think that's Nehemiah. Yeah. It's somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> I think it's Nehemiah. Um, Wait, where's Kurt? Well, yeah. Hey, Kurt. Yeah, yeah Kurt, tell us. Yeah. I think it's Nehemiah. Yeah. Um, he could give us the address. Uh, but I like that statement, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Well, it is. It's a, it's a, it just, um, it gives us substance, I believe. And I thank God for it. And so when Paul says rejoice in the Lord always, I think it's a good reminder our joy is connected to that deep part of us as we're connected to him. So you're saying like in this <clears throat> this last week of your life, which, you know, your grandbaby is what, 10 days old now? Yeah, something like Fifth, that. Two yeah, weeks, you whatever, know. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so in the last two weeks of your life, you've mm-hmm. experienced what we would even in a Everybody can see you have a grandbaby. He's healthy. He's mm-hmm. beautiful. Yes. Your son is becoming a father. Yes. That is, we can all read that as joy. Awesome. Even a very atheistic culture Correct. would be like, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe even God's a part of that. Right. This miracle of life. Mm-hmm. But you're saying that that same, at least the same God, mm-hmm. the same source of joy mm-hmm. is present and you have that same joy available when you're doing something very difficult, mm-hmm. like officiating the funeral mm-hmm. of someone you love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think that's connected to worry and peace that mm. you know um is it war and peace no it's worry today's <laughs> worry worry and peace sorry yeah. um, if you're too southern you might be able to get away <laughs> yes, with it worry, peace. worry and peace but yeah. uh so the joy of the lord don't worry you know th- this culture i mean my goodness has there ever been a more anxious culture than this one seriously um you tell me uh, i don't think so it's just we're wound up rife with anxiety yeah. um and we can give a lot of reasons why yes just touchy you know mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I told y'all flying back from Nashville the other night, we had several people around us having these angry encounters and, and, um, there's, it just, it just felt very anxious to me for people. And, um, yeah. if you I, ever want to experience or just observe anxiety, you should join a, a moms of multiples Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> I joined one thinking it would be helpful because yeah. I, I, I mentioned this last week, but if you're just listening, I am, um, I am having triplets mm-hmm. sooner than I want. I mean, it's yeah, coming. I'm 19 right. weeks this week. And so I joined this Moms and Multiples group on someone's advice, and it mm-hmm. is full of very anxious mm-hmm. moms or yeah. moms-to-be yeah. to the point where I, I – mm-hmm. honestly, where I'm like, how do I pastor these people? Not right. that I'm not anxious in some regards, but sure. I'll read these and I think, my gosh, you're just yeah. wound yeah. up yeah. tight. And, anyway. And that is our culture. Yeah. It's it's our society to me is just filled with anxiety and uh and I understand it I mean I know that if if you if you look at your circumstances and you have the desire to try to control everything and you think it's all within your power to do it and then you watch it fall apart how do you not worry mm-hmm. I mean it's just just that's, to me that's just a natural reaction and I think even if you're not that bent in that direction you still have 
we have worries Worry. and anxious moments. Yes. We all do. Real life. But this text, though, it's like Paul acknowledges that I think you can even translate this text from the Greek. Okay. Stop worrying. Hmm. <laughs> this know? says do not worry about yeah. anything. But yeah. you could you could actually with say, the Greek. Yeah, just quit quit. Just quit your worrying. Yeah, quit it. <laughs> um, and but I love how he follows it up. It, there's an action involved, and and it's it's again it's that deep connection with God. Pray about it, Paul says. But bring these requests to God, filled with thanksgiving. Be honest with God. Be practical with God. That's why I think the Psalms are so endearing. When you read the Psalms, and yep. David will say, "Do you not know that these enemies are camped? They're camped around me. Mm -hmm. are, are you are you going to intervene? I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing, but right. there's such a raw honesty in David, and this is a man the Bible says after God's own heart. Mm -hmm. So this is a man who knew the Lord, but he had honest prayers, mm -hmm. and I think that's why we're drawn to the Psalms. Yep. It's just it's it's raw. I think that's how it should be with God. It's you mentioned okay. in your sermon, I think it was in your sermon, about the farmers in Jimtown. Yeah, the farmer in Oklahoma started <laughs> yeah. that prayer. Now, Lord, you know good and well we've already dug those peanuts. Well, yeah, that was a very practical prayer. I think about that a lot, yeah. and I find myself trying to pray practical prayers. You know, I've never been a real good journaler. That's not yeah, a word, is no, it? I think you got journaler. it right. Well, it is now. One who um, journals. Yeah, I'm just not good at that. And I'll tell you why. Um, I... I um, I'm always afraid that if I write some of this down, you know, y'all are going to find it one day and read it and go, oh, my gosh, what was he thinking? <laughs> we never so, knew. Yes, yeah, so It's all been I, a lie. Yes, yeah, so yeah. when I write out my journal prayers, it sounds like I'm Augustine. You know what I mean? <laughs> so if you were to read my prayers I've yeah, written out, you'd think, man, this guy has got it going on. Where in reality, that is not how no, I pray. You just don't want to write no, those down. No, I do not pray the way I've written my prayers in my journal. I was yeah. reading one the other day, and I thought, that is so not the you way I pray. You just don't want to have a Dear Diary uh, no, moment. That's right. I don't want y'all finding yeah. going, oh, my goodness. You can burn uh, them. We can just burn them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, but my prayers are so much more honest and so much more spontaneous. It's just all during the day, you know, Lord, what, okay, what, seriously, what do you want me to do about this right here? I have, I have tried to address this this way and I'm watching it and it's just not getting any better. What what do you really want me to do about it? I mean, I'm a, maybe a little more respectful perhaps, but I'm just I'm just honest with God. Well, and I think this could interject in whether we want to go there or not, but about this I think a lot of this for me is when we read this about mm -hmm we can have inner joy and we're not going to worry and we'll have, right. be at peace. Yeah. It's this yeah. long, it's kind of what we talked about last week. It's this long journey with God. Yes. And it reflects to me an intimacy mm -hmm. that, that Christ made available mm -hmm. for us to know God deeply, mm -hmm. to have an honest, intimate relationship mm -hmm. with him. And it's not, it's not just instruction like a proverb might say, right. you know, if you do this, then you'll get this. Mm -hmm. This is about intimacy with God, mm -hmm. that you I can actually that. pray about things mm -hmm. and experience the peace of Christ mm -hmm. that surpasses right. all understanding. That's right. And I think that's the connection you know, the joy that's there, quit worrying. I mean, get a handle on your, get a grip on your worry. Yeah. Pray though, give God a chance. And then I love it. Then the peace of God that, uh, and, and, you know, it says the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Um, there's maybe some different ways to interpret that. The way I think, what I think Paul meant by that was, is that the peace that you experience with God is really beyond your ability to comprehend how it could even be mm. so. That's really what I think Paul is saying, because it just doesn't always add up. As I said Sunday, you know, with our family, with the death of my niece, um, 
we love her. We're sad. We're still sad. My goodness. Um, she was 45 years old. It was very difficult for our family and certainly for her husband, her children. But even her husband and I, as we were talking about it, both the night of the visitation, the day of the funeral, we're, we're at his house after it's all said and done, talking about the fact that we felt just a profound sense of peace in those moments. And the only the only explanation to us is God, because the the depth of sorrow is there, the sadness is there, but there was just a profound sense of the presence of God. And almost so much so that it gave us the chance to rejoice and celebrate in who she has been to us and express our gratitude to the Lord. And so, and, and I would say, you know, Katie, just thinking about that, I think one of the reasons Philippians is so endearing is that it's got a lot of those personal uh, texts that intersect us, yep. you know, at moments in our lives that we don't forget. During this series, I've had church members come up to me and say, Pastor, let me tell you why Philippians is so special to me. And every single time so far, it's been an experience in their life where God used one of these passages to bring comfort, strength, encouragement, insight, wisdom, challenge to them, and they've never forgotten it. So it's more than just a memory verse. It's it's a life experience interacting with the truth from God. And to me, that's kind of the beauty of this the beauty of the whole Bible. It's certainly the beauty of Philippians, you know, and it's been my testimony. Yeah. It can hit very personal. Mm-hmm. And it's and very practical. Yeah. You know, um, you know, like you go back to the very first page, you know, um, of Philippians Mm -hmm. when when Paul says um, in verse three, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Mm -hmm. Well, well, you preach that your first day back. Yes. I mean, your first Sunday back. That was the theme. Well, when I first when I began to try to decide how does our church personally answer the Great Commission? Mm-hmm. I, I was born and raised a Southern Baptist, and um, I, our church that I grew up in back in Alabama, we had a um, uh, we had a, a home that we gave to the International Mission Board. We had missionaries live there all the time. So it's a big part of your world. Yes, we we had a, a big Lottie Moon Christmas offering for missions yep. um, every year. I mean, I I read my open windows devotional, prayed for missionaries on their birthdays, you know. So I mean, yeah. I've I've been in this a long time. These are all things that uh, I yeah. came later on the scene too, because right. I grew up Methodist, That's where right. we had so, our own great things. Right, yeah. But you know, Lottie Moon and uh, yeah. what's the other yeah. Annie, Annie Armstrong? Other woman? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And if you're a Texan, it's Mary Hill Davis. Oh yeah, sure. And uh, see, these are all, I had to learn those later. You <laughs> That's know? right. Yeah. And uh, if you're an Alabamian, it's Kathleen Mallory. But okay, anyway, good be know. that as it may. Yeah. Um, but but you grew up with it. I did. But then over time, as a pastor, um, when I was in seminary, I wasn't sure what God was calling us to do. We thought we were going to be missionaries. And then um, I answered a, an invitation one time. Baker James Cawthon gave the invitation at our, at our seminary. He's a retired president of the IMB. And he asked us to make a, com- a lifetime commitment to um, – do whatever it took in your ministry life to connect personally to the Great Commission hmm. for the rest of your ministry life. Well, I came forward for that invitation, and okay. he prayed over us. That was years and years ago before you were born. And, uh, Probably. And so, um, <laughs> well, well, over time, it's been a winding path. Well, I get to this church 21 years ago, 
And uh, after about three or four years, I just I just really became convicted about what's that mean personally for First Baptist Arlington. And so I began to search. Had, yeah, because you had that personal commitment. Yes. You knew that was going to follow you everywhere you went. That's right. Yeah. And I began to pray and search. Well, God began to put some people in my life who were um, inspirational to me and informational mm. to me. So you're praying. While you're praying. I'm praying, God's yes. bringing these people. He is. Yeah. And then what happened to me was there were three or four of them in particular who became partners with me in the gospel and so through the years, I would say this goes back to about 2004 or so, hmm. when I think of them. I was born by then. Okay. Yeah. Good. So when I think of them, <laughs> those particular folks, um, people like Mike Stroop at mm -hmm. Baylor, yeah. Mike Fritcher, Cottonwood mm -hmm. Baptist in Dublin, uh, Bill O'Brien used to be the vice president of the IMB, um, Keith Parks, president of the IMB, uh, passed. Um I thank God for their partnership mm. in the gospel because they they challenged me. They helped me. Uh, Denton Lotz, who was the head of the Baptist World Alliance. Um, and so these this, that verse actually has people's faces on mm -hmm. it. And so when I think about them, I, I find myself just thanking God for the partnership in the gospel that it's changed my life. You know, it's yeah. made me a better pastor. It's allowed me to be more entrepreneurial take some risks because I was challenged and encouraged and blessed by them. So so when I think of, of Philippians, when I look at this text, like this passage from Philippians 1, it's not just a memory verse for me. It's actually got people's faces on yeah, it. It has know? real life yes. infused and, and, into and, it. And, uh, yeah. and so I can, I can just walk through Philippians. It just it, mm -hmm. There are just several texts that to me have that kind of, mm -hmm. of effect on my life. Yeah. I would tell you that even... Um, Verse 27 of chapter 1, live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Well, I've, I, there was a guy named Ron Wells who was a mentor for me back in when I was pastoring in Tyler. Ron challenged me to be a discipler and to always be living in discipling relationships. Mm -hmm. And he challenged me. He said, if you're going to be a man of God, then you got to live worthy of the gospel. Mm -hmm. You know, so when I when I read um Philippians 1, verse 27, it's got Ron Wells' picture I on it. It's, it's a challenge to mm -hmm. me from a, from a real person. That changed your life. That changed my life yeah. and a man that I saw doing this very thing. And mm -hmm. so just, just, just walking through the pages of this book, um, to me, uh, have, have real life experiences woven into them. And the beautiful thing is I'm, I'm adding to them. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah, it's not locked it, in, is it? No, it's mm -hmm. it's a story still being written. It's a living relationship with that's God good. and a living Word, and that's a part of the beauty of this. You know that um, it's 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 an encounter with a real God at a real time, and it's still unfolding. You know, and so Philippians, mm -hmm. what I could do with Philippians is go back and and just paste paste some photos all through this book. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, and uh, and it just makes perfect sense to me when I read them, you know. So yeah, so it's got a real personal quality to it for me, and I th I think that it's it's um, I'm not gonna say it's Paul at his best because I've got about I got about Romans. I mean, yeah. my goodness, I mean, Romans seriously, is Romans. <laughs> come on, you know. But but in terms of personal, well, it's two different categories. Yes, maybe I would yeah. say just that personal connection of God at work in your life, Philippians to me would be hard to improve on. It, so, so can I ask you, 
as we've re- well, we'll finish reading through it. We've read through it every week. That's right. You've preached through four it four times, <laughs> and you've preached through it four times, and then taught through it three times. That's right. So we've, I mean, if mm-hmm. you've showed up to it, we've been saturated with it, mm-hmm. but you have been spending a lot mm-hmm. of time with it. Mm-hmm. So this read through, mm-hmm. is there a certain thing that stood mm-hmm. out to you? Is there mm-hmm. something you're going to take away from this August? I would say a couple of things probably. Um, um, one of them would be this whole text on the peace of God. Um, the um, um, That's one, as I shared all the personal stuff that I shared last Sunday in my sermon. But, but I can connect the peace of God in my life to several other really hard experiences in my past hmm. that would connect to that passage. So that would definitely be yep. one. I would say another one is at the end of the letter, you know, when Paul is is talking about the relationship with the Philippian church in chapter 4, mm-hmm. verse 10 through verse 20, where he's thanking them for how they mm-hmm. helped him. Okay, well, right now Beautiful. I'm in the middle of, of a new movement of a group of churches and uh, mission leaders mm-hmm. and um, uh, theologians, and, and we are um, we're, we're pooling our resources intellectually and practically into a very synergistic movement that we believe is going to uh, offer us more opportunities to more practically and tangibly share the gospel with the world. I'm very excited about it, and it's still unfolding. Yeah. And from what I know, it's just the right people around the table. Yes, it is. The mission, the mission is wonderful, but you have the right people, yes, the right partners. It's very encouraging. Yeah. And so, well, this text encourages me because here's here's Paul saying, listen, this movement took place in real time in mm. history mm. with churches and mission leaders, people like Paul. And look what God did with it. God has used it to advance the gospel. Now, here I am in Rome, and the gospel was actually here when I got here. So it's, it's very encouraging to me. Mm. I would also say probably one of the things that I'm taking away from this particular study um, this year has to do with in Philippians 3, where where Paul says, this one thing I'm doing in verse 12, I'm pressing on. Um, What's that? So what is that? Where does that intersect your life right now? Well, you know, I was asked a while back by a couple of younger pastors, which has been easier, leading the church through COVID or leading the church out of COVID? Mm. That's a very easy answer. Leading the church out of COVID is way more difficult than leading the church through COVID. And that doesn't mean that leading during COVID or <laughs> it was it easy. Was yeah, easy. Of course, it <laughs> was all hands on deck. Yes, right. Yeah. But yeah. leading the church beyond COVID, it has become way more taxing and challenging than than what we had to do during COVID. Um, I would say, um, yeah, it, it's it's just incredibly more challenging. So. What I've had to combat is the looking backward and longing for what used to be. Um, And God has really challenged me to lean into a new day and to long for what is not yet and to see the beauty of that. And I'm I'm that kind of person, Kate. Anyway, you you know you've known well, me for a while. I'm a forward-thinking person. You're an optimist. Uh, I am. Mm-hmm. I'm a church historian. I'm not by not by trade. I mean, I'm an amateur, but I but I love church well, history. Well, you so do enjoy. have a PhD, so well, there's some middle ground there. <laughs> true, but, but <laughs> not, I mean, I don't make my living not, as a right, historian. But it's not quite just hobby level. <laughs> yeah, um, I'll say that part on, okay. on your behalf. But I understand um, you're not actively yeah, in, the, right. in academia. Right, yeah. but I yeah. but I do love studying history. But I always study history purposefully. You know, mm-hmm. I don't study it just to just to 
fill my head full of useless information, <laughs> even not, though I've, not I have, just to I do have that. plenty of that. <laughs> so, um, oh, that's a nice uh, byproduct. But um, but I I want to learn, and and so as a pastor, though, you know, reflecting back upon things that natural rhythms and other things that took years to develop that were pre-COVID realities that no longer exist. I've had to combat the desire to go back and reclaim them. What the Lord is teaching me is you've got to lean into something new. There's a new day, a new era has launched really. And, um, and, and it's okay. It's a good thing. And I need to press on toward it. And so when I, when I was reading this text, preparing for the sermon, that's really what confronted me. And it's one of, it's probably one of the biggest things I'm going to take away from this study in August is that. The is pressing that, on. Yes. That I, as the pastor of this church, I want to lean into the future that God has for us. And it may look really different than the past. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be plenty of things that are still recognizable, of course, but I just think we've had to acknowledge these things have changed. And, and so we have got to, we have to live into this era and that's our responsibility, and it's certainly mine as as a shepherd here. So I'm trying to have my heart open and and anticipatory, and looking for the good things, and seeing what God is doing, and and not um, taking an, taking time to try to compare them to what I used to know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to let them just be rewritten new and afresh on my heart and my mind. And uh, so that that that's my biggest takeaway from Philippians is that. And trusting that God is going to lead us into a new a new place, and and I believe what I've asked the Lord also as we do that is to infuse it with joy. And I don't mean to make it easy. That's not it at all. Yeah, that's not that's not the nature of joy. Right. Right. So uh, in the complexity of it all, just to find His hand, His presence in it. And so, so yeah, I would tell you I'm I'm energized by that. I'm excited about it. I'm grateful to God. I'll be honest with you. That was not anything on my mind at all when I decided to do Philippians. You didn't go looking no, for that. No, that I was, I was more interested in the joy, to be honest with mm. you. That's kind of what I thought yeah. that I felt like needed to be communicated. Rejoice was mm-hmm. our theme. Right, <laughs> so, right, right. Trying to encourage beginning. our people to find joy coming out of the pandemic and everything else we've been through. But what's happened to me is um, the Lord has spoken. He struck a different chord in me, and it really has more to do with this idea of pressing on toward this this future for us as a church. As I'm listening to that, I think for those listening to us, there's a good challenge there, or maybe a good just biblical promise, reality mm-hmm. that when you when we read the scriptures and we seek God, He really does show us new things mm-hmm. in real time. Mm-hmm. But also these seasons, like if you're leaning into what we're doing as a church, there's a good chance that you'll have an impression that that, that you'll carry with you. And mm-hmm. I mean, if you've been journeying with us through these, we've, we're five or six seasons of preaching into, mm-hmm. there's a good chance that when you studied Psalm 23 with our church, something stood out to you. Right. And mm-hmm. when we studied 2 Corinthians, something mm-hmm. stood out to you. Mm-hmm. And then you can kind of put those away and they're on these little, mm-hmm. these little, um, look like a visual, like a coat rack where mm-hmm. you're hanging up mm-hmm. these just lessons that God has taught you, but in community mm-hmm. as we read the scriptures mm-hmm. together. And then you'll always have that. And I right. think that's something that's beautiful about that's, life together. Yeah, and, I was going to say, that's what, that's what it is. We're living in community. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, I think it's that's a good, and then it's a good way mm-hmm. to, close the book on Philippians. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to hop into more Paul. We're not leaving Paul. Don't That's worry. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're just jumping. We're just jumping back That's to right. pages, but to go into First Corinthians yeah. next week. Mm-hmm. So That's right. That's a, a, a lengthier study. So, 
Looking forward as to it. As it deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be mm-hmm. a little, yeah, I'll, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians has some topics, mm-hmm. but we'll, we'll hit that next week. So <laughs> well, anything else you want to say to your church? Mm, I'm good. Okay. I just love them. Yeah, we do. We love them. We have mm-hmm. great people mm-hmm. and I'm honored to serve them alongside you and, mm-hmm. and be here with them. So okay. Amen. Well, thank you all for listening and we'll be back next week. listening to the Tell Me More podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at fbca.org to find out more information about the podcast and our church. Thanks for listening.